Hey, welcome back to the show, everybody. Uh, we've got with us a uh, real special guest, Alan B. Smith, uh, filmmaker, documentary, Half Light. Um, you can find it on YouTube. Um, we'll put it up on screen so everybody can see. This one is a really cool uh, documentary. It's uh, really on the esoteric. It it covered the story of 12 people. Um, a lot of names, especially if you're in the field, you'll recognize the names um, of a lot of these people, too. And what this does is this covers just all aspects of what people have encountered when they, when, when paranormal and them, their lives have intersected and it was really well done and just how it just, it went through and just caught every aspect of their story and just like what these, these encounters, what these experiences, how they've affected them, what, you know, what's transpired after the fact. Um, it, documentary is a little over an hour long. Um, it's re really well done. Um, you can find that on the cha channel, uh, which we'll talk about paranormal pop. Um, is where we're, and so what we'll do is uh, we're gonna is where I found it. I think you might have another channel, but I'll double check with them. That's, but we what we'll do is when we get to this, we're Alan B. Smith. He is next, and we're gonna be talking UFO encounters and stuff. This is gonna be a lot of fun. Stay tuned right now. Welcome to the Three Beards Podcast. My name is Craig, along with Austin and Chris. Passed to a new generation of Americans born in this century. Let me out. I'm afraid that is right. Austin. I'm not sure if we're going to have Chris. He said he had a headache today. So I'm just, yeah. So we'll find out. So how have you been? I'm on vacation. I just saw an ad for uh, Applebee's half price late night um, appetizers. The only thing I can think of is it's late night appetizers. You're probably drinking a lot at that point. The next day, you're probably really regretful what you just did because they looked greasy as fuck. You know, so oh yeah, yeah, that's yeah. You, you probably shit face eating a bunch of greasy wings and tacos. The next day, you're like, that was a horrible idea. You just, <laughs> you just beat me to it. I was gonna say, there's a reason why they're half priced. No, <laughs> because it's, it's the highest quality. Yeah, no, so what we've got a special guest. It was kind of unannounced, but guess what? Oh, he's back. Mark Eddie's with us tonight. How are you, sir? I'm doing well. Looking forward to uh, tonight's show. Francis is put away. He's got his yep. notes. He's ready to roll. I said, yep. at this, yep, right there. And this is time, like I said, I mentioned we we're talking to talk about documentary Half Light. And at this time, let's bring on Alan B. Smith. How are you, sir? Hey, how are you guys? Thanks for having me. 
hey, yeah, thanks for being on the show. Yeah, this, um, I, I, it's one of those things when you see some of these topics that people, you know, Mark talks about, I'm like, you know, yeah, don't threaten me with a good time. <laughs> like, I'll bring him on the show to talk about it. Yeah, so, Mark is, is awesome. Mark's been such a, a great, um, uh, you know, connector between, you know, all the people who have shared interests in the paranormal and ufology and other subjects like Shakespeare even. So um, I really appreciate Mark and, and um, you know, everything he does for the community. I'm gonna... you, know, the, you know, the guests appreciate, you know, the quality show you get, give them. So it's all... I appreciate that. Win-win situation. Did I get that right? Was it Paranormal Pop? Is that the YouTube channel? It is, but okay. I'm actually going to change the name soon. <laughs> okay. So, but it is. I at least got the right one. So yeah, that's where. Yeah. All I right. I do more than just paranormal all the time. Um, and paranormal now, that's fine because I'll, I'll just do paranormal stuff and paranormal now. But for the YouTube channel, like if I want to pop on and do something completely different, I, I just was like, ah. You know, if I invite a guest on and, you know, it's about like, I don't know, exercise <laughs> and the channel's called Paranormal Pop, they may not be so inclined <laughs> to come on. And Justin, yes, we are all here for um, Austin's new porn stash, you know, so that, that's what, yes. It's got to go what, soon, man. I'm yeah. Ready. Yeah. We're going to have that on. We're going to have that available soon for merchandise fair, and man. stuff. Because my, yeah. my buddies are in a uh, day class and they told me it can only be like right here. I'm like, I'm not rocking a Hitler sash for eight months. I might as well just shave the whole thing off. So we'll see how it goes. The ginger Hitler sash. Oh my God. Yeah, that's not happening. <laughs> that's... You know, there are some men that are born to wear beards or stashes, and I'm, I'm just, just not one of them for sure. <laughs> yeah. That's, no, it's... I'm with Alan on that one. <laughs> yeah, we're 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 rocking that one. But yeah, it's, yeah we got to get that new thing out here. I just want to show before I get to. I'm in. I inevitably always forget to do this here. So I'm just going to bring this on right now. You can go to his site, paranormalnow.net. And this, this goes over um, every, just any information that you want. Talks, talks about, um, gives you information on his, if you go over here, the Half-Life film, the blog, his show, his show, and then just the guests that you guys have coming on. Which I need to update. Okay, so yep, I'm about three months behind <laughs> on that. <laughs> yeah, it's a good commercial. Isn't isn't it funny how um how fast you can you know just look at it? It's like oh my god, that's so out of date, and I'd be like, it just feels like I just did it. Yes, yeah, exactly. It, and then here's on YouTube. I said here's a channel, and here is the documentary that we t we talked about, and it it was you know, and like I said, as you watch it, you're really gonna you're going to recognize some names that especially if you've paid attention, you yeah. know, if you're familiar with the field, there's going to What's definitely be people that you'll be like, Oh, Hey, I know who that exactly who that is. Yeah. And so that's. Uh, no, go ahead. Oh, no, I was just going to say like, I've just been so lucky to, to have met some really great people and really smart people in the field of ufology and the paranormal, like Peter Robbins and, and Cheryl Costa, um, Kathleen Martin. She's not in, in this, but you know, there's just, the access that you get to have when you do podcasts and live shows is, is so cool. Um, and then to build relationships with people and in half light, I mean, these people have really opened up beyond not just their paranormal experiences that they had, but really like very personal, uh, you know, hardships in life uh, that they had to learn how to kind of carry through. Um, and part of the theme of the documentary is how the, their belief in the paranormal um, 
connects to a, a spiritual underpinning um, to their own well-being and and their recovery and from whatever uh, tragedy they had to go through. Uh, so it's you know because that that came from me because I I was always uh, a fan of Coast to Coast AM for a long time. That was the only exposure I had um, outside of you know whatever was on television. And I mean, I was listening to that four shout four hour show like every day, like, you know, on the subway rides when I got back home from work. You know, I'd, I'd listen, I just ate it up constantly because there was a long period of time where I was just personally struggling um, with my own personal demons, with just depression and anxiety and um, uh, addiction. And even though I was up and down struggling through that entire period, because I'm not a religious person. It, it kind of played a supplemental role, like this idea that there's these these huge concepts beyond comprehension that maybe some are totally out there and unbelievable, uh, others more so. But the idea that I, I really have no idea in a, in a way kind of gives gave me hope, you know, mm -hmm. to kind of just just don't give up. Keep going because. You don't know, like you, you don't really know any of the answers. And because you don't know, what, how can you justify giving up? You know, so I, that, it was a major psychological play, um, you know, just my overall stability, well-being and evolution. So so that that's that's where like it came from personally as a, as a film. That was kind of what what was pushing me to make it. What was one of the biggest surprises for you when you did this documentary? Was it some of the people that just opened up? Did they did they tell more than you expected? Was it something that just like, you know, people just kind of went off script and you're like, oh, oh my God, keep rolling. I mean, what was it during this thing that really blew you away? Um, I think some of the stories definitely blew me away because you ask questions and you don't really know what the answers are going to be. You know, and all of us, we have a multitude of struggles, um, hardships that we come across scary extreme whether it be paranormal encounters or or just human encounters and um there are a couple of stories like i mean this race hobbs opens up about his uh losing his sister to a oh, car accident that was yeah and i, I, I kid you not and, I, and maybe it's because you start getting emotionally kind of detached like even right now i'm literally tearing up thinking about it because it's just like when you're editing, you're listening to it over and over and over and over and over again. Um, and it's like, man, like he didn't he didn't have to share that. You know, mm -hmm. he, he could have shared something, something different um, because I was asking questions like that was very direct, you know, um, and I I was trying to explain to each person I was interviewing. This is the general concept that I'm going for. It may not make sense on paper, but this is kind of where I'm going. And for you know, they seem to kind of get it, um, and I think because they understood that I, the important part of this whole thing was this this through thread of spirituality uh, and love. I think that it, it gave them a little bit more of a sense of safety, uh, and, and you know, it wouldn't be I wouldn't abuse their their story. Yeah, no, I. I... I, I agree. I mean, as like I said, the way he broke that down, you know, it was, it was quite compelling, you know, just did that. I mean, it's, it was kind of like, really, it was a, quite the dichotomy. I mean, you had the awesome story where he was talking about how 
you think it's just a movie, a comedy skit where everybody sees something, then they look down to see, you know, they're like, what in the hell was in this drink? You know, <laughs> you know when he's talking, you know, talking about his experience, for, you know, because he's like, you yeah. said, he's got the cigarette. The first thing you look at is like, what, the, you know, what, like, what did I buy? You know, and then he tells that story about the boyfriend and the sister. And it's just like, oh, my God, you know, it, it yeah. And, you know, Cheryl's story, you know, about everybody, you know, sudden, you know, family disowns, mm-hmm. you know, after, you know, after the transition, you know, it, like I said, there's just, there's all these ones. And I really thought you really captured, it wasn't, it wasn't the sensational science. Like, all right, tell me about the light you saw, you know, what did you do? What do you hear? You, I, it really focused on what happens, you know, what happens after the event. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and what happens after and how does it, how does it affect you moving forward as it changes mm-hmm. you? How do you recontextualize how you live um, in reality and, and behave as a person? Um, like Geraldine Orozco is like, I mean, she had went for it on a complete shift, like completely just when it comes, she dropped like, she was, you know, doing the small business here, this and that. She had unfortunately, you know, lost um, someone to drug addiction, and uh, you know, her her boyfriend or fiance at the time, and um, and then she around the same time she starts having these ET encounters, and she just just decides to just completely change her focus. And, and she start you know, do more meditation and, and try to connect to, you know, what she calls like the quantum field. And, um, and, and, you know, now she seems to be in a really good place and is, is mm-hmm. full and happy. And that, that's amazing. And, you know, I know that Ray Hernandez talks about that a lot, you know, regarding the, the research that free um, did that the majority of experiencers over time, it's like 86% or something like that. Uh, begin to see their experience as something that was helpful to them. That was a positive experience, something that they might actually want to experience again, even if at first it was, you know, what you and I would call like a traumatic, almost horrific experience, which mm-hmm. is kind of a, an odd thing. Um, Cause you have to be really careful about that because there are people out there who have had abduction experiences or, or, experiences with shadow beings or what have you and they're like hell no <laughs> yeah i don't ever want that yeah that was bad i don't want it again i don't know who they are i don't want I, like no um and i think i think the thing is we hear less probably from those people it's kind of like you know generally abduction uh, cases we, we we guess that there's probably more out there that are not reported it's kind of like we know that a lot of people who have been raped don't report it um, men who are in abusive relationships won't report it because they're a man. They're not supposed to share that, that they're, they're being abused by a woman. Um, and so I think that there's plenty of other reports out there that are, that are probably terrifying and that we're not hearing about. And I, I don't know um, if so, I don't know if those research numbers are skewed or not. Um, I know they, they tried really hard um, to be, to, to, to get a wide range um, of, of, uh, I guess they, they had like a series of questions that they they gave these experiencers, um, but overall, and that's what I discovered in this documentary because I wasn't really sure where it was going to go. Was that yeah? I mean, 
somehow this has all been a, almost a spiritual experience for everybody. It's it's just odd. And and I guess you can also say that like it, going into the pits of hell and coming out, right? Like going through the the uh, the 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 what's the forged through the furnace, right? And coming out a better, a stronger person. You know, all like kind of like those myth arcs. Um, you know, you can read into that into these more horrific uh, abduction stories, where you know people are just ripped from their home. You know, their clothes are taken off. They're being examined. They're being poked. Um, there's, it's a cold room. There's dead eye aliens looking at them. I mean, this is scary stuff. But yeah. but but there is something about the human experience is that when we go through really into the abyss and out again, we become a different person. We, we evolve. Um, I think that it's just, shouldn't that be our choice? You know, uh, yeah, so I'm still kind of on the fence in some regard to, to that experience. I, I, Alan, I have a question. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah. You, know, you just mentioned uh, Ray Hernandez, uh, you know, free uh, writings mm -hmm. and, it, you know, the number of people he interviewed uh, with your commentators on Half Light, um, they're from various backgrounds, uh, are you know, ETs contacting or ETs or you know, the paranormal experiences, um, are they... Uh, contacting a uh, wider cross-section of the population now? Well, thank you, Mark. That was or, a little Are more people coming forward? I, I was just kind of, I, yeah. I was trying to d develop something, a, a theme that you just uh, w brought up. Yeah, cr cross-section was the word I was looking for. Like, how, how wide of a cross-section, how accurate is it because if you still have people that are holding out and not sharing their stories um are we missing out on on some aspect of this phenomena i mean should that number be actually 95 percent positive or should it yeah, actually or, be or, or should it be 70 percent positive you know yeah, are we missing uh, some patterns too if we had missing, a fuller picture of who is being contacted ex exactly yeah um my gut feeling is that there's nothing malicious, you know, but just because something may not be maliciously intended by these, these, you know, exoconscious beings doesn't mean something doesn't hurt. doesn't mean it's not a painful or traumatizing experience. Um, you know, we also often hear that analogy of, of us tagging dolphins or, you know, sea turtles and ripping them out of their environment, you know, putting things in them and then sending them back for them. It's, it's tragically uh, traumatic uh, or not tragic, but it's just, traumatic but we're doing it for their own benefit um is that what's happening to us maybe you know yeah yeah no as you know one of those kind of just before we get too far like what you guys were talking about just a little bit ago as well is about the sampling because we've had reverend michael you know jace carter on you know several times and he's you know he's talked about that one i mean he the joke where he said you know there's there's a few flies in the buttermilk when you go to these you know, paranormal things. It's just, and you wonder about that because some of these cultures, it's not something you talk about. And you think when you have these things, you know, what are these experiences that we're not hearing? 
you know, you're not hearing about these things. It's like, you know, you go to some of these conferences, it's not just all, you know, middle-aged white guys that are having paranormal experiences, but that seems to be, you know, like the 80%, 80 to 90% of what's in these, you know, these events. And you know, this isn't the true cross section because there's, you know, there's, you know, there's the urban, you know, person walking down grocery shopping, looks up like, holy crap, what the hell is that in the sky? You know, it just is like, but we don't ever hear this story because nobody's going to believe somebody that's walking down, you know, they're just going to be like, you saw a helicopter, you know, you saw something. Yeah. I'm laughing at the irony of your middle-aged white guys. And I'm looking at our screen right now. Yeah, exactly. That's what I mean. That's what I mean. It's it's like, if you look at it, it's just just white guys that have this experience and you're, you you start to think it's it's not true. Right. Yeah. No, but, and and I think everyone in that world who like lives in that world, right? Like they're on Facebook talking about these things. They're listening to podcasts and vodcasts and, you know, they're buying books and reading books, going to conferences. Like they, they, they get it, but man, like honestly, the history channel, like I, I don't know where, wh- wh- how they do their analytics, like, but they clearly are directing it to to a male audience, right? Like, it's mm-hmm. almost every show is vast majority male, and there was that one episode in Skinwalker Ranch when Linda Moulton Howe came on, and I loved that episode, and she brought like this whole level of experience mm-hmm. and intelligence, like it was just clear on screen, and and I lo- so I was like, oh, cool, maybe they're gonna bring her more often right like have her as like an occasional you know guest on the show and then that was it It was like that one-off and it was just funny because there was a scene where they had one of their their um not was it a llama or is it an alpaca i'm not sure i think it's alpaca um i think it was or was it a cattle whatever it was there was like surrounded by a cage right Mm -hmm. and they were trying to see how it behaved because apparently there was some you know ufos you know in the area and there's some odd behavior um and she was the only one to ask, like, well, what's on top of the cage? Because <laughs> like, because if you're trying to study this and protect it, you know, what if someone just plucked it out from above, you know? So just like that kind of sort of common sense that, yep. um, or I should say experienced common sense that comes from someone like her who's looked at cattle mutilation since the 70s. I mean, she's the one that really, you know, broke that that story. Um, so I, I just, I would love to see more people like her on shows. Um, we wonder because, like, yeah, because yeah. you did the show. I mean, what do you think? Do you think it was editing? I mean, do you think that's why you don't see and like maybe because you see some of these things like those shows where they'll have like they're clearly like they I think this it was last year's episode, you know, one episode where they they couldn't figure out where the water went, so they dug down, they filled it back up, and the water disappeared again, and then that's the last you heard of it. You're like, you guys didn't even answer this question. It's like you just wow. dug two holes, and then you're just like. Well, let's move on to the next problem. You're like, you're like, you're sitting, you're, you're thinking, you know, where are these people that are like, guys, are we not going to figure out where all this water is going? Or are we just, just going to, you know, that's just like Linda like you said, you know, why not keep bringing these people that obviously have something to add to this? Mm-hmm. But then you went, was it editing? Was it, on, is it on the editing room floor or what? You know, that's, that's the question. Yeah. yeah I'm sure budget has a lot to do with it too. Yeah. There's, Cause there's, Oh, I was just going to uh, quickly interject. Uh, the show, uh, the analytics might be geared towards you know, a bunch of guys watching the uh, show before they go to bed. But w- really, people like Linda Moulton Howe or Kathleen Martin 
are actually uh, you know, uh, women, and they're the uh, actually two of the best commentators on any of this kind of mm-hmm. you know the UFO phenomenon. So I, I their perspectives should should be heard more frequently. Yeah, it would be great to see. I just think that the History Channel kind of has the majority of that that market. And and because they they do have that corner of the market, um, they they control who they want to cast, you know. So that's just the the situation that we're in. Um, but and those of us who do these podcasts, we know there's tons of smart, you know, women out there mm-hmm. that are investigators, you know, psychics and who knows what. So um, I think one day we'll yeah I, more oh about. yeah it's you know, no I I want to you know. And that was one of the ones like when I watched this thing and we were talking about this and that's and we actually just naturally got there and I was going to ask that thing. It's just like what, what, how hard was it to get some of these people to open up for the show or did everybody just kind of like you know hey I'd like to talk to you okay yeah absolutely let me tell you the story or did you have to actually try you know to convince a couple of people that no I'm going to frame this the right way I'm not going to make you look like an idiot I'm just I want you to tell your story. Um, yeah, I guess a little bit, um, but but most of the people, well, I, all the people in the documentary had already interviewed on Paranormal Now, um, if not once, more than more than once. Um, I think at the time, the only person I really didn't have uh, much of a relationship with was uh, probably Geraldine and and Josie, um, but you know a good enough a relationship, you know, a professional relationship up until then. And um, yeah, and I, th- I, I think that all I had to do was just kind of assure them that this is where I'm trying to go with the story. And then they, they just opened up like they, they just shared. Yeah. And I, and I think, especially if you're a researcher, if you are a podcaster, you're, you're kind of already comfortable, I think with talking a little bit about your own, experiences um maybe not in your personal experiences but i think having been on shows and, and been asked questions by other people i think it was just easier for them to do that yeah and that and one of the things too like before i get too far i was going to ask one of these questions along that same line um what was some of the working um titles that you went with the show i mean like did, did you have a lot of other names you know but what what got to you know half light um half light was kind of like because I, I was looking for something like either not twilight but i don't want to use twilight because that's overused and there's movies called twilight and books um and, you know dusk just didn't seem quite right either but i, I was trying to go for that 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 feeling at the either the beginning of the day or at the end of the day where you're kind of in between the light and the dark that space right there because that's what a lot of these experiences they are you know it's like you're having a dark experience a, you know paranormal experience mm-hmm. but there's this other side to the coin that is is a, an exciting inspiring side it, it stimulates your mind your spirit uh your soul so I wanted to find that thing that kind of is like, it's both. It's black and white. It's yin and yang. It's it's a solar eclipse, which is why you see that at the at the end. Um, so that's why I went with half light. It's an old use of the term. Uh, people don't use it anymore, but it's an old 
old old word for um, uh, basically dusk or twilight. Uh, yeah, so I took dusk. it quite right. I was actually taking it as the glass is half full. You know, like you said, that there's positive at, out of the thing. And so that's why, yeah, so I was close. I'm like, all right, all right. So I was close. Yeah, I mean, that's the whole point. It's like it's yin and yang, right? So Yeah. Mm -hmm. No, it's, it, it was one of those things for me, too, you know, just as I'm, I'm don't even begin to say that I'm an expert. I mean, I'd probably say within the last three years, I really started paying attention, you know, more than just your casual X-Files you know, fan where you're just, you're watching, you, you like the thing, you want to see the stuff. It's where I've actually started paying more attention. And it's, it's one of the things that you see, it's, you know, I've often wondered, you know, because when I first got into it, I often wondered if a lot of these things were, was, was this done intentionally, you know, as part of the distraction? It's like, you know, if you keep people, like you said, you keep these middle-aged white, white guys, all occupied in a conference room, you know, at the holiday Inn, you know, they're not going to actually look at what's really going on because they're so, con you know, they're so focused on what we're, what we're showing them, you know, here, like we're making these encounters where we've seen these aliens, we've done this. That's where I've gone to, to where now I've come back and I'm like, okay, this seems like this is actually something more than just a grand, you know, grand conspiracy, just the, the smoking man with his, with his council sitting there puffing away. Like, who are we going to, are we going to mess with Fox Mulder again today? You know, that mm -hmm. this is actually something that occurs outside of a grand conspiracy. And it's, and I've, so like the shows, I really look forward to these kind of discussions about that. Cause that's, you know, it broadens, broadens my, my take on the whole thing. Cause I just, yeah, I was, it's in, I can't, you know, everybody's got to check this, you know, documentary out. I mean, I'm surprised that it's got such as little views as it did on the channel. I was like, I'm hoping that there's other avenues that have seen it because this is really well done. Well, the, the good news is it was like just accepted to be on Tubi. So it'll, it'll be there okay, good. soon. I'm not sure when, but it, it was selected to be on Tubi and hopefully a little bit further down the line on Amazon. And, and so I'm in that process right now of, of getting it up on other platforms. Um, but I, I, I didn't, I didn't want it to like, it was a virtually a no budget. I mean, eventually I spent money, money, you know, a little bit here for music, a little bit here for graphics, but like it, it wasn't that much really other than just like tons of edit, editing hours, you know, cause I have a full-time job um, and I commute. So it's like for a few months when I was really hardcore editing, I, I mean, I had just no life, <laughs> you know, and um, that that's it because it was a passion project. It's, it was, it's for, other people and i didn't want to like charge or try to rent and make money off of it and i mean if the next project i do you know we can we can up it and i can get some really good equipment go on site visit places you know and actually spend money to create something then that would be different then i you know look to monetize it somehow um but this was just it was in the middle of the pandemic we were all only connecting like this um mm -hmm. now camille she lives in brooklyn and you know we were in astoria um, so that was easy to, to go visit her. Um, and then, uh, Peter Robbins and Cheryl Costa, we took one trip up North upstate and within 24 hours, you know, uh, interviewed both of them and that was it. And then everybody else was, was virtual. So it, it just makes sense to me to get, just to share it with people. Um, because I think there are a lot of people out there that, when you see these documentaries for the most part 
if you're coming from the outside in, if you're a novice, if you're like, what is this crap? You're coming in and, and you're seeing these people like talking about real human experiences, not just the paranormal experiences. And you can see how their, their minds are, they, they do think rationally. You know, even when, even like, like race, you're saying kind of like, what, what's in my cigarette? Like, these are people that do have the mind to go, am I seeing what I'm seeing? Is this really happening? Um, and they're remembering childhood, you know, uh, experiences and, and they're not crazy people. So I think that's the message that I want the novice to see that it's not just one of these documentaries that's like special effects, really cool graphics. You know, we saw a ghost here. Or, you know, uh, this is my ET experience. I wanted people to know that experiences are just like them, you know. Um, and you can't do that by by limiting, you know, the, the documentary, by making it a rentable thing or something like that. Yeah. yeah. I, 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 Alan, you were talking about the, you know, human experiences and uh, changes. It, it, with, with the about a dozen commentators that you have, um, it seems like almost everyone somehow talks about after their experience, there's less of an ego and they became more empathic. Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, I think that's innate any paranormal experience because it's once you have one, like for me, the closest to a paranormal experience besides a, a UFO setting that I saw when I was a kid and it was, you know, way out there. It wasn't like a close encounter thing. Um, for me, what I would describe as a paranormal experience was doing mushrooms. Um, and it, it does, it like, it, it knocks you to your psychological knees in a, in a kind of a good way. Um, at least for me early on, because it, it the nature of reality is not what you think it is it it's it's just not and um whether you have an et encounter or if you want to call it non-human intelligence or exoconscious encounter an encounter with a, a ghost um if you have an encounter with bigfoot basically it breaks down whatever paradigm you are currently um abiding by and I think there's humility in that, you know, and I think some people will turn that around and get angry at the world and clench their fists and be like, why did you lie to me? Um, but they're, most people are lying because they don't know they're lying. Like they're just going yeah. along with, with reality as we, we see it around us and that, and that's it. And then the rules of society are, are built around that. Um, you know, religion kind of is supposed to cut through that. Um, but you know, one of the, one of the problems they have is that like oftentimes Christians will kind of have like a, a come to Jesus moment, you know, or like, or they, they, they have a moment where they see the white light and so to speak, and then they feel the presence of the spirit or God. Um, and that usually just happens, um, on their, on their own. It just, just kind of happens. Whereas in, in Buddhism, they, they're providing you a path. You know, it's not it's not just here's some ways to live by. It's saying do this, you know, or it's transcendentalism. Do this, and then you can connect. 
to this other aspect of reality that's out there. And for me, you know, one of my biggest experiences was, you know, on uh, psilocybin mushrooms doing that. Um, and when, when you, when you have it, it's kind of hard. It, it's hard to have an ego. Like we all have egos to some degree, but it's kind of, it's kind of, kind of, kind of hard to have the a word ego, you know, where you're just mean to people and you think you're better than people. Um, yeah. And, and I think with all these people in the documentary that put them on a path, cause it's now it's like, okay, so whatever my worries I thought were, um, I don't think I fully understand them because the, I have to recontextualize what the everyday life experiences is based on what I've seen now. Um, like Tiffany Mack, she had experience where these ETs were, um, essentially it's like an abduction you know she's not really sure how how much it was more of an out-of-body experience some of them or whether taken on a ship you know each experience was a little different but she felt scared and uncomfortable and she you know they said what you know what's wrong with you and and then um they 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 made her feel good they like passed on this feeling of love and and she felt like they understood her fear and made her feel better. Um, and, and so an experience like that, I mean, imagine you're, you're having contact with not a human, you know, like some oh, yeah. other alien out there that is still is listening to you and, and trying to help make you feel better and can actually connect with you on this level of, of, of love, you know, with the big L, whatever, whatever that is, um, you know, it, it, it certainly, <laughs> it certainly humbles one. Yeah. Now, you know, with taking like mushrooms, DMT, you know, when you, when you have these things, so do you, do you feel like this lends more to the fact that this be maybe more towards the spiritual, you know, other, other side than actual physical like crafts coming into our atmosphere and stuff. Yeah. Because one of those things, like I said, if you take mushrooms, that didn't mean that, you know, when I, when I consume these, that suddenly some ET from another planet was like, okay, I got to, you know, you just ring the bell again. I got to go, you know, and just hop in the craft, you know, and show up, you know, cause if I don't, you know, they're going to quit believing in me. So that's why I, I wonder, you know, cause when you see these things, it's like mm-hmm. the two, I mean, they can be mutual, you know, connected but it seems like there's more of an exclusivity to where it's like when i take this and it takes me to another it opens my senses this is either they exist in another plane another something that you're opening yourself up to or you know and that's what i get your take you know when i was what your thoughts were especially since you just brought in you know mushrooms and stuff to it yeah i think it's all I, i it's so funny i keep i've been going back and forth on this for a while and and now i'm i'm definitely in the camp today <laughs> that it's all inter interconnected because if you Whitley Strieber, right, the way he describes mm-hmm. his experiences, you know, he even openly says like, it's, it's hard for me to tell sometimes, you know, how much was, is it like some kind of psychic connection? Like it's, was he really on board the craft or, you know, was it sort of another dimension? Was it in like a mind to mind experience? And uh, we hear this from other abductees and Tiffany Mack kind of, she has, you know, one experience, but it was like definitely on a craft and another experience where it was like, I, I don't know. It was kind of like just 
it was like I was in another headspace, another realm. Um, but they were there. They were contacting me. Now, I've never done DMT, but based on my experience in psychedelics, you know, uh, LSD, uh, you know, psilocybin, and what I hear about DMT is, or, or ayahuasca, is that there are encounters with other conscious beings, and people describe them in different ways. Uh, two themes we tend to hear with DMT is like some kind of abstract geometric type of thing, beings and elves, and somehow they kind of overlap. Um, and that that's a very odd thing. And to think that there's an, an intelligence that's beyond your scope and it's it's some kind of like a geometric thing. Like a, maybe it's in, maybe you're viewing it in three dimensions, but it's actually a five dimensional um, consciousness, or or whatever dimensional consciousness. And so, the fact that that can exist, and an ET experiencer can also have a mind to mind abduction or contact, tells me that there's a there's there's a crossover. Like there, it doesn't have to be one or the other. So if an ET, for instance, can traverse from one dimension to another, then maybe they can go to another and to another and to another. If that's the case, then uh, anything is possible as far as how consciousness exists. And if that, that's true, then an abduction can, can be a conscious experience. It could be of the of the mind and not necessarily taken on board a craft, or you can be taken on board a craft and then taken into another dimension. Like there's, it, it, you know, there's no way for me to know for sure what it is. But what I think that we definitely need to do is, and and people are doing it like free, is try to do as much research on each experience as possible try to find as many overlaps as possible and see where that, where that takes us. Um, because yeah. if, because if reality is as slippery as it seems, I mean, these UAPs that we see, they, they dive into the water and, and, and don't splash or virtually no splash, you know, and then come out of the water again. I, this is what pilots are seeing. And they're, and then all of a sudden, poof, like they'll disappear. That's, that's physics way beyond um, our, what what we think is even possible. So why can't an ET be, you know, kind of like Luke Skywalker in The Last Jedi? Like why, why can't an ET be across the galaxy and kind of like project itself into your presence and and literally maybe analyze you or talk to you or whatever it is? And you might think you're on a craft, but really you're not it's these, these things are so far beyond comprehension. It's, it's so hard to, to even know where to start, you know, Alan with, um, what we were just talking about with the, um, the possibility of interdimensional travel and, you know, is it this or just the other? And, Maybe we need to look for a third option. Um, when you're having all these uh, Cheryl and uh, Peter Robbins 
Mark D'Antonio talking about their experiences. All three of them are, you know, the leading names in their topics. Um, Were there answers almost as therapeutic as uh, all the regression stories that uh, you know here associated with uh, post abduction cases uh, what they shared in the film or yeah yeah it, it was a, a, as helpful talking about their experiences as you know would if you know psychologist was there regressing yeah, I mean, them. That's, that's a really good question mark um i'm kind of hesitant to answer what i what i now i'm thinking about because that wasn't my my role at all my role was just to you know express their stories and and to the best of my mm-hmm. understanding oh, um fair. but I mean, if it made them feel better, that's awesome. But um, I, it, it wasn't like a, a therapist kind of you know situation. So the, I don't didn't you know. It was just I asked questions and they shared their story. But I hope that that maybe it helped. That would be that would be really cool. Yeah. No, I, I was man. I'm just there's a lot to pro- um, unpack on that. <laughs> I was just like, what's your to tell the story? I mean, I was because me, I'm still. Like that story that Mark, you know, that Mark shared about the blood clot, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. and that was, that was one of those, you know, kind of, kind of how it ties in with the, the mind side of it over, you know, physicality is, mm-hmm. you know, was this something, you know, a being coming to him, you know, telepathically, was it coming to him through, you know, just through some, some other, because he was in another space, you know, he was in another, you know, because of what was going on through him, communicating him to him that way, because obviously there wasn't a physical being standing there in the room communicating with him. And so you, that's kind of where I was getting at. It's like, does it seem like this stuff, it's not so much that there's a physical, you know, in our dimension, you know, our reality, there's not a physical creature craft here. But this opens mm-hmm. up to something where it may actually be here, but you just can't see it unless you actually break down the barriers that we put up, you know, through yeah, our I mean, normal, however you want to describe it. I mean, that's, yeah. Yeah. I mean, the interesting thing about, about that is Mark was in a coma. Um, so supposedly had no, you know, active brain activity uh, of consciousness. And so, and then yet he's seeing these things um, about killing this, you know, shooting down this, amorphous object in the sky um and he didn't know when he was unconscious experiencing this that that it was a blood clot um so what does that mean was that his soul because if the if there was no activity in the brain to indicate that he was you know cognitive and, and processing information um you know you, you can read a brain right in, in the dream state state and actually they're mm-hmm. they're able to generate like really freakishly like some images now like like screenshots from your dreams um you know so it we if there's activity there's activity if there's not there's not and there wasn't so how is he having this whole visual hallucination which see either either saved his life life or was a premonition 
um, to, of of the blood cop breaking up. That means that means there has to be a soul. That there and and if that if that's the case, was, yeah. is, was it his own soul? Does it have to be a spirit that is actually communicating with you? Because it's like. You hear, you hear stories of shamans, uh, of people getting into meditative states, and like they can, or psychics actually, you know, can can sense like, oh, there's something wrong in this part of your body. Like you need to go to the doctor and get that checked out, right? Um, so maybe his own soul was kind of, you know, because it was free of the con of the conscious mind, you know, which has its limitations. The soul was out there, like, oh, this is what's going on, and just, you know. It, when he woke up and had that memory, it was like sometimes it's better to have perhaps an abstraction um, to help you exercise something. Like, like um, uh, it, it, I don't know how the brain would process the soul um, talking to you. Like, oh, by the way, you have a blood clot in your your brain, and it's blah blah. blah. Like that wouldn't make sense. Going with something visual that is easy for him to understand. Um, going through that exercise of breaking the amorphous object into into pieces, um, that's yeah. kind of beautiful. Well, and that was one of the things you know because we have always talked, you know, guardian angels. You talk this stuff. So is this pretty much just the the feeling that we know something's there? It just most people just can't actually put a faith, you know, can't put an image to it because they haven't gone through these experiences because we've basically, you know. I've told the story a couple of times, you know, where it's just it's even myself, you know, I, you know, I was still worried that I might've crushed the, you know, crushed the spirit of, you know, my son, even when he's trying to say, Hey dad, I see this stuff. Oh, knock it off. You don't see anything. You know, mm -hmm. when now looking back, it's like, no, I shouldn't have done that. I should have been like, no, explain to me. What did you see? You know, tell me about it. You know, what did you see? You know, where I think that's the problem is a lot of us discount these natural abilities that we have and that was one of the things you do you talk you know that's brought up in this documentary too is that this is something that um i'm trying the quotes failing me right now it's it's one of the it's was it carl sagan said that it's the next the next beautiful you know that I'm trying, the, the quote's gonna fa fail me where it's just yeah I, I the ability. Carl sagan was qu quoted in the yeah, some of that beautiful ability, you know, something, you know, that's going to be the next one, you know, because these people may have that thing. There's just what you think is a silly thing, you know, not being able to experience. You know, so I'm, I said, I'm butchering it bad. I'm just, I don't, I don't, it didn't, I was driving when I was re listening to it. And I, so I couldn't exactly write it down. And I'm like, you know, I just, well, yeah. Um, well, Mark, Mark D'Antonio, he, you know, he really embraced, um the, the idea that what we call it the paranormal now is you know tomorrow's future science and um i think that's like a that's a, a theme that comes up a few times in in the documentary and i and that's a thing that i want you know, other people to hear or people who are having these experiences maybe it gives them a little bit of encouragement like Hey, maybe you don't understand. We don't understand this completely yet, but science has proven that you know mysteries can be solved in the future. Um, and Carl Sagan, I guess his way of saying that is like somewhere something incredible is is waiting to be known. Yeah, um, yeah, that's that, 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 that's it. Yeah, it's it's beautiful. 
because it implies that one, we haven't even thought of whatever that thing is yet. Um, mm -hmm. Or we'll, we'll solve something that is a mystery right now that, that we just don't understand. And that's, that's what, that's why I really, really, really encourage people uh, to, to go out and do your own paranormal uh, inquiries. Not, you don't have to go buying equipment and going into homes and hunting for ghosts. Um, you know, for, for me, my version of it is doing a podcast or doing a documentary. It's my way of kind of like sifting through all these experiences and evidence and trying to figure it out. Um, for, for some, it's going to be, you know, joining MUFON as a, as a local investigator and going yeah. out there and, and, you know, following up on cases, whatever the path is, um, you are the, the future mainstream because like I use this example, Sutton who, which is still like one of the biggest archeological finds ever was in 1938. And uh, it, they uncovered a, um, a tomb. It was a, a boat. If anyone who's not familiar with it, an Anglo-Saxon boat that was buried under a mound in England in uh, yeah. uh, Suffolk, Sussex or Suffolk. I can't remember now. Um, and um, Edith pretty was owned this property. And she was a, for lack of a better word, amateur archaeologist. She wasn't like in the field digging. She was more of a researcher, right? Um, but because she of her research and because she had this property with these mounds on it, she had come to the conclusion that this mound had to have something of archaeological significance in it. And all the mainstream archaeologists um, from the British Museum and, and on and on were like, no... No, she doesn't know what she's talking about. This is this is nothing. This is just a, a natural formation, no biggie. Uh, whatever explanation they came up with, even though now you and I would look at this picture and be like, "It's a mound. Why is there a mound there?" <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. there must be something under that mound. At the time, they're like, "No, no, 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 no. This is no. There's nothing. There's nothing here, folks." And she was persistent. She was like, "There's something here." So she, being a researcher, if I would put her into that category, because I don't know if she actually ever did any digs. She hired um, an amateur archaeologist who was not, a, he didn't go to school and get his PhD in, in archaeology, but he was an actual active archaeologist doing digs independently. And uh, they, they uncovered the, this extraordinarily historic site. And there was gold treasures and, you know, it was a king's tomb. So. Yeah, and it wasn't Suffolk. It yeah. wasn't Suffolk. Yep. yep. And it was, I showed a picture up here and it just, there's a couple of things like some, one of the pieces, this gold belt buckle. That yes. Was discovered. Um, yep. the, I was yeah. in the yeah. Eastern England. So that's, yeah. So you were correct. Good job. Good job. Yeah. No, cause it's, it's, it's fascinating. It's, um, yeah, that, that's, that's what I, I see a lot of us now. Um, just think about people who've been studying, just UFO sightings, right? For a long time, following the documents, looking at video, listening to the sighting stories. Um, they've done extraordinarily preliminary work for people who are now taking the UAP seriously. So you have decades of material now. Like you, and even if you never pick up the phone and call Kevin Randall, you know, the DOD doesn't, you know, reach out to any of the seasoned, uh, you know, ufologists. At least they can pick up their books. At least they can look mm -hmm. up, read through 
through evidence and blog posts and interviews. Um, so we've all those anyone who's you know bringing something to the table or participating in the future discovery of whatever this phenomena is, and that's that's awesome. And so just like today, the UAP is beginning to become uh, a little bit more mainstream, a little more acceptable. Some other aspect of the phenomena will as well in the future. And so, Mark, Mark's fast fingers, he found that quote. It was at the 57 minute mark. It was like 5730, you know, Mark in the documentary. So, yeah. So, thanks. Good, good job on that, Mark. That's oh, got to give him credit for that. Yeah. It's, well, it was one of those, and as you're doing it, it's, you were talking about what was the commonality that you found between, you know, white, because you did all the editing, you know, so you were listening to these stories over and over. Mm -hmm. Did you find that there was anything that seemed to be a commonality between all 12 of these stories? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, Besides UFO, I mean, we'll, we'll, just, we'll just throw, throw well, that one out. Not, everybody, not, not every single story is focused around the UFO. Yeah. It's like... And so, I mean, I guess most are, but, um, but some of the stories are not, you know, UFO related. And um, it's weird. It's this, this like, this thing about love. And I, in a way, I kind of directed it that way because I, I already had that inkling going into it. So my, a lot of my questions, you know, were leading to that. But I wasn't sure where it was going to go. And when you when you're doing a documentary, this is my only my second one. The, the first one my wife and I did was the Passion Project. Again, it was in 2009 we started that, and that was for the LGBTQ uh, community and equal rights. And you know, we learned that whatever we thought we documentary we thought we were going to make, we that's not what we made, because you hear things that you don't expect, and it takes you in a new direction. And and honestly, like this idea of of love. Um, of oneness, you know, Jeremy Nori, who's generally a skeptical person. Um, and he, you know, I, I helped co-produce uh, two of his documentaries and was interviewed for, for them as well. Uh, you know, he's not like, he's not a necessarily a believer in extraterrestrials, or UFOs, but his psychedelic experiences tells him there's something else going on here. Um, and mm -hmm. that, that underlying sense of we're all connected is, is is there um and it's funny how people can get to that same place through different experiences and paths so to me that's that's really really interesting so but that's what we always have to look for those commonalities i think uh, bud hopkins i was listening to an old interview recently and he made this point that all the abductees that he was uh you know putting through hypnotherapy and um hypnoregression sorry and and, and you know, noting their stories, and he's reading through it, and he he realized in all of these alien abduction experiences, there's like zero, at least what he was working on, zero references to the human heart, like the, the physical organ, which a lot of the debunkers would say what these uh, abduction exper experiences are having are kind of like a, a like a mystic experience, right? It's just something within the archetype of the mind that they're having a sort of religious experience. And, and so they're always looking for the symbolism, but it's odd that like thousands of, of, 
of reports and it's it's extremely rare to hear about the heart like why do they they're, they're always so hyper focused on reproduction you know for the for the vast majority of it um or they might you know someone might say oh i was healed you know on this part of my body or you know i don't have cancer anymore or whatever it is um but if this was like a stereotype of a of a um a motif that you would see in a mythological story it's very odd that the heart is not included and for him the lack of that inclusion indicated that these are real experiences that these aren't you know the common uh you know religious you know ecstasies that that sages and others have experienced well i was just, I just yeah just as you said that i was wondering because that's how your documentary you know how you really seem to frame it because it was taking that aspect of where, you know, these stories, because, because most people, when you think of an alien abduction, the first thing, you know, I mean, everybody could say it three, two, one anal probe, you know, I mean, everybody's like, you talk about these things, you know, they, you know, where did the alien touch you? Because everybody knows the old adage when it comes to journalism, if it bleeds, it leads. Mm -hmm. And that's, you know, you want the, you want these things, these exciting, you know, things and buzzwords and like the alien, you know, the alien anal probe, you know, it's like, and that's what you see on the tabloid thing. Nobody wants to see the alien healed me, took care of my blood clot. And now I found a newfound love for my fellow, you know, that one's just like, ugh. Well, that, that one, throw that one that away. One, yeah. Well, that, that, it's funny because if you frame it that way, so that one would sell books, but it won't sell tabloids. It's interesting, yep. right? Yeah. And that's yeah. and that's exactly what it is. And it's just and with the story, you know, this is the part Michael Carter talks about and stuff. You know, he even though you wake up, you see the you see the insect, you know, looking, you know, alien, you know, it's gonna freak you out. But he, mm -hmm. you know, resounding, you know, he didn't have a sense of, you know, fear coming from these things. It was, you know, he felt love, mm -hmm. you know, he felt this thing. And that always just kind of leads kind of to me my logical one where i follow the progression is why did they choose who they choose to interact with and that's what's just always just been the surprise to me is it just because it's just a random like he happened to be in the right place at the right time and that's when they're there or was it something is there a generational yeah is there a, is there something a genetic trait you know tra you know something in these things that makes some of these people constantly pick because like why does that little girl get abducted, you know, dozens and dozens of times where somebody else is like, no, nah, I, I, I've never seen a thing. Well, yeah, yeah. Kathleen Martin's family is, ha had oh, been yeah. contacted, uh, uh, Kathleen, Betty, and uh, Kathleen's mom. Mm -hmm. Yeah, their whole family had, had seen UFOs. Um, and there, there are abduction experiences, including uh, Kathleen. So it, it seems to be familial um, very often that it's uh, they're following the bloodline, if you will. And to me, that, that means that there is this very physical um, component to it. Because you were asking earlier, you know, about, you know, like the, the different types of experiences and... Um, so it's like, how, how can it be some bizarre interdimensional or spiritual experience if it's, if they're taking blood or, you know, do, creating hybrids, you know, the documentary doesn't really 
focus on that as much because mm-hmm. other documentaries do that. And um, I, you know, it's not where I wanted to, to put the focus. Um, but, but yes, the, the, the bloodline thing's a little, little creepy. Cause it's like, all right. So one, why do they need <laughs> to create hybrids? You know, you keep hearing these theories like, Oh, our species is dying. I'm like, you know, if you're, if you're so genetically advanced, so scientifically advanced in the form of genetics, it seems to me like you would find another way to, to, to fix that. Um, you know, I mean, if, if your species interbred for too long, like, I'm sure you can find your way out of that. So I'm not really sure, you know, what, that, how the theory of like their gene degradation uh, makes sense. To me, uh, it, it sounds to me like, like a science class. And um, it's a science class with a mission. And they're kind of experimenting with us, but they're also, if they're going to experiment on us, they're trying to help us. It's kind of like when you volunteer for a trial run on a some kind of drug or therapy. Like, you know, the idea is the drug is supposed to work and be helpful, but it, it's, it, could, it could have negative side effects too. So yeah. it's kind of like we're, we're part of like a, they're, they're helping us, but we're also part of a trial run to see to see how things work out. Yeah, yeah, that that makes sense because that, that's just always been, like I said, as I've been getting more into more in this, it's just the thing that's fascinated me is just who, you know, who and why people get picked, you know, it just for these things because it's just, it's really, you know, I guess it's just anything. It's like why does a tornado destroy the house across the street, mm-hmm. but the one, you know, the other one, it's like it's ha- it's missing two shingles. Yeah, yeah, you know, and it could just be the same thing. It just it could have been, you know, going along, and it's like, you know what, you know. Like you said, you've got some little, you know, like a reader. It's like, boom! Oh, hey, that's a match. You know, yeah. so this, you know, out, out goes Bob out his bedroom window, sucked right up into the UFO, takes off. You know, you're, you're, you're like, why? Why did Bob well, get picked? I have no idea. Well, according to Les Velez, who has been studying this for for a long time, I guess thirty years now, he thinks we've all been abducted, and we just don't know it. Really. Yeah, he he, he he thinks that that's quite possibly the truth. You know, and, and that I mean, I guess, I mean, in a way, it's 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 humbling in the fact that, in the way that almost makes it feel like we've all been like cattle tagged. In mm-hmm. a way, it's like if we've all been abducted, and it's like we're all marked, you know, in some way. But at the same time, it's just, you know, I'm just thinking of the sheer, you know, seven and a half billion people. Well, the, the, you, you know, that's, that well, is a, ma- has a massive undertaking. I mean, just yeah, for anything. Like, yeah. <laughs> right. I, I just, this is this is Santa Claus and Christmas night thing. I'm like seven yeah. and a half billion yeah. people. I'm oh, growing. Craig, yeah. yeah. Craig, you know, from the book, of, the opening of uh, the book of Jeremiah that, you know, God, you know, God says, I knew you before you were born. Mm-hmm. So if we're going with the Bible as accurate you know, the word of god i well th- there's or a, meta- know, or a metaphor real, for, yeah that that for we've all been theory. abducted like less said well could could he mute that one it's like i want when it just take you know take thought experience you know work it's like what if you know just not so much like a physical it's like if it's the same thing like genetic you know markers it's like we've all been you know there's some like trace of thing and we've all 
And it's just, it's like that random, like anybody that does an experiment, you don't test every single thing. You pull random, just, just, it's literally a random thing. It's just, you, you go to sample something, you see a bottle on the line. Well, we're going to pull this one off, pour it out. We're going to test this, you know, we're going to do all the tests on this one. See if it's fine. You know, great. You know, the line's going to keep going. Well, we'll use Bob again. Well, that's the Bob that never returned because he got pulled off the line. You know, it's like, we don't know what happened to Bob. You know, he, he, you know, he was, he was, he was the one that's gone, you know, just, but the rest of us are just like, yeah, now I just got this dot, you know, over here, you know, they just, it's like, you know, it feels funny every time the storm, it gets stormy outside. And that's just one of those things. It's like, that's the markers, but then the rest of us, you know, nothing, you know, it's like, I, I personally, I don't know of any marks. I don't really think of, unless it's subconsciously, I don't know of any stories other than I mean, have you have you had any experiences at all paranormal just um shadow people oh really oh. yeah and i um i've told this a few times is um my son's seen it in a couple of locations so i made him a talisman you know from rock in the ocean and he hasn't seen it since but i've seen it in my bedroom where i liken to about probably a four and a half maybe five foot tall and it's just like whitley striver communion you see it and I see this dark shadow like start to appear behind the wall. And then as soon as I snap, I see it whip back. I hop out of bed and it's gone. There's nothing there. Yeah. So I know it's not somebody in the house and that's happened a couple of times. And it's, it's the same thing where it's just, it's that same like community thing. Just all of a sudden just peers out from behind the wall and then snaps back. Right. I think, I think we like, again, it's going to take us a really long time. I think to wrap our heads around it. Um, but imagine, so you have this being that's popping in and out of reality in your space, or you're abducted by uh, aliens and you you get some piece of, you know, metal uh, taken out of your skin, only to find out it's a crystalline structure and in a way that's you know never been seen before on Earth. Uh, either of those experiences, what if it they seem it's kind of like Alice in, in Wonderland. Like they seem like they're physical and are and are not at the same time. And mm-hmm. that there are other these other just far more complex intelligences behind all of those experiences that are kind of creating these avatars in a sense to come in to our dimension and 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 do what they're doing for whatever whatever reason. So if you, you know, have an experience and you, you, you contact the divine or, or some other abstract consciousness, maybe that's, that's what's behind all of this. And um, we're just trying to figure it out. But um, it's not just some race that was born on a planet in Zeta Reticuli traveling all the way over here and doing things to us. Maybe it's something much bigger than that. Yeah, I, I can definitely see that myself because I just, for the longest time, I've felt there's a lot of commonality between what you read in scripture, what you read, you know, science, that because I've become more agnostic as, as, as I've done my research, I just, I go through these to where I, I honestly feel the majority of it is, you know, th- this is all allegory. This is just, this is, you know, a simple thing because going through life, thou shalt mm-hmm. not steal. This isn't a mutually exclusive thing to this one dogma. This is clearly a life, 
you know, a way everybody should live their life. You know, this, yeah. this isn't, yeah. And so I've just, I've found like these stories, like Mark brought up, you know, Jeremiah, you know, and these things, what if these are all talking about the same thing, but it's one of these things that some of these encounters are trying to get us past these simple barriers that we keep putting up to me where, no, no, you, you see the symbol on my wall. No, that's the only symbol that, you know, you know, my, that, that way is the only way that works. And it's, yeah. I think that a lot of this, 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 this contact is, it, I think it is, it's purposeful. It's, it's definitely purposeful. Mm-hmm. And like, I've, I've, you know, I had, I used to have this dream, um, having it once or twice. And it was like, I, this one time I remember seeing like a gray alien kind of a thing in the dream and then a symbol. And I, when I woke up, like I was compelled to draw this symbol and it was basically like a triangle within a circle. And then, shades of of yellow and blue um and i think a little red but i can't remember and then i saw this very almost identical symbol at um alex gray who's a painter at his gallery uh in new york city and he's you know a psychonaut right like he you know does uh, psychedelics and then he paints what he sees so i'm thinking that's so that's so bizarre that i'm having in this dream about an alien, aliens, which are supposed to be physical. I'm kind of getting this like subconscious message about the symbol and somehow it's important. And then I see it in an art gallery by someone that who's having something psychedelic experiences. Right. Um, Looking down at your drink again. You got to put those mushrooms down. Yeah. Uh, it's it like, Whoa, what was in that? Yeah. It's yeah. That, I'm just, I'm just blown. I'm just, when you see it's like, just if you just to stop you there, just think that what went through your head when you saw that? I mean, just on, just like honest reaction. I mean, it just here's something well, you've been dreaming about, and now you physically see it from somebody you're not even related to. Just you know, just boom, yeah. right there on canvas. It, I, yeah, I kind of forgot where I was going. So, like the, the point is that it's intentional. I, I really believe these things are intentional because it's a way of kind of t- tapping you on the shoulder. And you know that kind of just weird, almost eerie feeling you get when you're in that like liminal experience where you're not really sure what's going on, but something special is happening. Um, you know, that's it's like a almost like a tingling that kind of comes over your body, and it's like whoa, like I need to pay attention, you know, and get my mind on on something uh, that's a little more subtle, but always there. And um, and that's why I think these alien experiences are, are doing the same thing. And, you know, Heidi Hollis, who was a friend, you know, she, you know, started the talk about shadow people. And I, you know, I'm beginning to disagree maybe a little bit on whether these things are actually evil or not. Um, or are they tapping us on the shoulder? Are they doing the same thing in a different way? And little by little, just tapping humans on the shoulder, like, hey, hey, there's a little bit, there's a little bit more here. I can agree with that. Yeah. Don't get, don't get caught up in all this materialism and, and what have you. Like th- there's something deeper here to understand. Put your focus there. Um, you know, I mean, religious people, sages and mystics have been saying that forever. 
people who you know saw elves in the in the woods. Maybe they're eating muscaria mushrooms. I don't know, but uh, there there always seem to be this these elementals or interlopers from somewhere else that are that just give us little nudges and reminders. Why why would they only give us nudges and reminders? Why do they say, "Hey, look up a little bit," um, and not just reveal yourself and um, you know, mm-hmm. game over? I don't I don't know, and I, I've never been a fan of like the whole idea that um, you know God knows everything, um, but He's just not going to tell you. <laughs> like you got to yeah. got to suffer through all this to, to figure it out. And I, I've just never been a fan of that because it's the, the the struggle of fate like how do you know everything that's going to happen but then you still have free will um i think what the bible is trying to say is kind of like you know if we imagine time as not being linear then all things are happening at the same time the past the future and the present it's 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 almost impossible to kind of wrap your brain around and i think that was the the bible's way of trying to explain that you know, because I'm, I'm sure there was some prophet or mystic who had that experience and was trying to explain it. And it was like, God knows everything, but you still have free will, you know? And yeah. I think that's, there's a lot of confusion there. But okay, so let's say that that's the case. Then I mean, why only nudges? I don't know. You know, but I'm, I'm kind of comfortable with not knowing. Um, not because I think there's a singular grand purpose, but it, it, it's almost like, you know, someone trying to give you a little bit of a, like a layup, you know, an assist. Um, they're playing their their part to the best that they think that they can play um, to help the human beings. That's what I'd like to think. Yeah, no, I no, I, I like that because, yeah, I'm just there's always been prescribed the the unknown. There's always fear involved. That doesn't that doesn't then translate. You can't naturally progress to. I'm afraid. You know, I see it. I'm afraid of it. So therefore, it's evil. Well, that's not how that works. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, what? just the other day, I was in the backyard, and um, we've been living in this city for for so long. Even though I grew up in the woods and um, you know on the, near the beach, so it's not like I'm just born and raised in the city. But it's been a while since I've kind of lived the more rural life. And I'm in the backyard, and I'm picking up sticks because it was really windy, that, and I had to mow the lawn. And as I'm going to bend over pick up a stick, I see a snake like go right past me. And it was it was pretty big, right through the grass. My first reaction was to jump back, you know, just out of instinct. Like so, I had the moment of fear because it's a snake. And then a, a second later, I'm like, oh, it's just a big gardener snake, you know, mm-hmm. garden snake, no big deal. But my my instinct was to to be afraid. And so if because that's just how we're built, we're built to to self preserve. It, it makes sense. Um, if I see a scorpion, I'm not going to be like, oh, how cute, you know, and give it a little pet. Uh, I'm going to back away. So I think that's what happens with the paranormal experience too. It's the same thing. A snake doesn't necessarily mean it's going to bite you or it's dangerous in any way. Um, And and that could be true. Possibly. I don't want to speak for, for other people um, with, with shadow people. Now there are people that, that do believe that like AJ Rasmussen, which is interesting in the documentary, because when I was talking to her, you'll notice Mm-hmm. As she's explaining her shadow person experience as a child, she wasn't afraid. Yeah. Well, that, that, that's, and then, yeah. And no, then when she was going. older, she was told shadow people are bad. So her understanding of, of what shadow people are supposed to be changed. But her initial instinct when she was younger was like, 
They're not bad. They're the, oh, they're just there to feed on my negative energy. I, but just because a shadow person is creepy and is nearby, if you're going through something bad, does that mean that they're there to hurt you? And does that really mean they're actually you know a vampire? Um, or maybe maybe it's a shadow of something within another dimension that's looking at you and, and watching over you, and we're just misunderstanding it. Yeah, well, it'd be like the you know the four of us interacting with somebody. Well, this fifth mm -hmm. person comes up as a serial killer. That doesn't mean that all of us are this thing. And that's why I uh, look at these things to where like, even like shadow people, if these are an actual being that's visiting, that doesn't mean just because I see a shadow person that it's inherently negative, that it has this malicious intent. It could be that, you know, nine out of 10, perfectly fine. They're there to help, you know, watch, you know, they're doing this stuff. Whereas mm -hmm. that one, you know, is, is going to be the one that's there because, you know, I'm going to mess with this person. You know, yeah. I'm going to peer up behind the wall because I want to screw with Craig today. Yeah. Yeah. And I, you know, I'm very, try to be very careful with my words because, but I can only kind of speak for myself. You know, if you're, when you're in a really depressed state of mind, the way, the way I described it or describe it was, you know, it's like there's a darkness over you. It's like there's a shadow and everything's kind of, it could be physically vivid but internally grayed. And so it's like, you just feel like there's this thing over you all the time. And you do interpret things going on around you in yeah. a more negative way. Um, and you can get into the why me, why, why is this happening to me? You know, why do I keep effing up? You know, like all, all these things are going through your mind. And so if, 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 if I, when I was in one of those states, if I had seen some kind of shadow thing appear every time I'm feeling really bad, I might start thinking like, oh my God, this thing is, is the problem. But just because it's appearing, it's, it doesn't necessarily mean it, it is the problem. That just might be the state of mind I'm in to think that. But again, I don't want to speak for anyone else who has their own, you know, own truth. Uh, yeah, I, I just looked up at the time. Holy God, sorry, an hour and 21 minutes. <laughs> Jeez. Wait, this oh, is that's, fantastic. Why, that's why I love talking about this. Like, you could just, it's so much fun. Week after week, show after show. It's, oh, it's yeah. Great. Yeah. Well, so, I, I, no, go yeah, ahead, Mark. No, I was just going to say, uh, Alan presented a lot of uh, terrific ideas that the chat room is resonating with. Oh yeah. Oh, thanks. I, haven't, I actually haven't been watching the chat. Um, but I did see something pop up on the screen about orange mushrooms and cow patty. I'm wondering. <laughs> I'm curious about that. What happened later? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I I wasn't going to say anything while we were talking. I was like, but it's just. <laughs> does anybody just wonder? It's like why you're just walking around. And you're like, hey, that looks like a mushroom, and just start chewing on it. What, I'm like. What? <laughs> but that's actually what hunter gatherers used to do. Yeah, well, and that's, that's how I'm sure that's how we accidentally. Um, it's a theory, but I'm sure that's how we accidentally came across psychedelic mushrooms. Just, like using Bob's name, but isn't that what there's a joke thing? It's like how we discover this. You know, I walked up. This one tastes like steak. Bob's dead, and this one's making you know trip balls. You know, it's like right. that's how we figure out which one worked. <laughs> <laughs> yeah same thing with herbs right like you probably pick and you just take a little bite like 
okay, nothing happened. I'll take a little bit more. And that's how, the, that's how people learned. Yeah. yeah. No, it's, I wanted to, to it's like, you guys can find them on Facebook here. Um, <laughs> we're going to, we're going to plug you like crazy here. I want to get you that. Thanks, so, man. I appreciate that. Oh yeah, absolutely, awesome. absolutely. Let me get the stuff up here on the screen. So you got, it says website paranormalnow.net site right here. You can reach out to him, listen to his show, you know, Paranormal Now. Tomorrow night. Tomorrow night. There you go. Tomorrow night. Yep. That's yeah, because you're live Thursdays at 9 p.m. Eastern time, 6 6 p.m. Pacific time on mm-hmm. that channel. Also, now do you go live both? You know, on like the, on YouTube as well. Uh, yeah, yeah. For paranormal now, I go live on YouTube. Um, I, I paused Coffee and UFOs, which is a pre-recorded podcast. Um, <clears throat> but paranormal now is the regular; it's the staple. Right every every week we go live. Um, and then Coffee UFOs is it's just you know more free, uh, free form. I do you know much shorter conversations with people. It's you know more light lighthearted as well. Who, who, who's I, your guest tomorrow night? Tomorrow night we got uh, Jason uh, Guillemet and um, Louis Burgess, uh, Burgess, um, and they will be talking about um, ufology. It'll be a, a UAP UFO heavy night tomorrow night. All right, I'll be, nice. there. I'll be there. All right, yeah, thanks, Mark. I think I really appreciate when you pop in and hang out. Check that. So here's we're going to highlight here. Instagram, you can follow them, Paranormal Now. Um, also, highlight the Half Light film there. You can go to Facebook, um, Paranormal Now. Uh, Twitter, Paranormal underscore now. And obviously, we talked about ParanormalNow.net is the site right there. Plus, Paranormal Pop, while it's still called that, it will soon be rebranded, apparently. We just we'll found out it's there tonight. <laughs> there we go. So, but right now, if you go subscribe, it's paranormal pop. Um, we'll we'll try to update what it is current, you know, at the later part. But yeah, uh, I yeah, do I, recommend I the documentary. Um, thank you so much. Yeah, I was gonna say if you know if anybody does watch it and they like it, please please share it. You know, wherever Facebook, social media, um, and please comment down below too because I'm I'm curious to see. Um, you know, your reactions and what your take is on it, because eventually I, I would like to do a follow-up um, on it and expand it and go a little bit deeper so that your comments and feedback could help kind of guide where I, I need to go in that direction that probably, you know, two or three years from now, but everything, every little bit of feedback helps. And you commented right there, the cow patty mushrooms weren't very strong. They just caused wavy trees and tracers mm-hmm. from the moonlight. Okay. Yeah. sounds like a low dose. Yeah. Yeah. So, so it, you know, Bob survived that encounter. So there we go. <laughs> I'm really glad. So, <laughs> oh my god. Yeah. So that, that's what, so everybody, please, you know, go subscribe. Like you said, watch this. You know, all kidding aside, go watch this one. It's a really good documentary. It, it was. It actually passed passed the time a lot. We traveled over to the coast. And so I had about an hour and 15 minutes to kill. So I listened to it again as I was going. Oh, yeah. Watching yeah, it while driving is not a good idea. Don't do it. Just listen. Just listen to it. Would you... <laughs> and I have to be careful. In my car sometimes, like I'll, I'll play YouTube just to listen to when I'm driving. Yeah. I have to be really careful that I don't look over too much. I know. Well, then I'll, what I'll do is to, to solve that urge for anybody, a little life hack. You take your, um, especially when it's during the daytime, you take the light part of your phone and you turn it all the way down to dark. 
And so yes. then you can barely see it. So, but then when somebody tries to call you, you can't see it. And that's frustrating as hell. So that is, like you said, it's, you kind of take the good with the bad on that one, but it was, it was really you, good traveling companion. So I. Awesome. Did you like the music? Did you catch September? Yeah, that was, yeah, that was really good. Yeah. Those guys are uh, Mike, Mike, uh, Michael eight is just, he's a really nice yeah. guy and a talented yeah. musician. Yeah. And yeah. I think, I think it's on there too. I'm trying to trying to remember where it's at here. If I can get their name, um, the Septembro. Septembrio. Septembrio.com is where you can go. Septembrio.com and um, find them there for that. So give them a plug as well. But Alan really appreciate you coming on the show, man. That was, you, that was man. a lot of fun. So let us know when that next one comes out. Cause I mean, I don't want you to say what it's about now because then the competition jumps on you and then, you have five or six copycats that are trying to do the same thing right away. So you just have an open invite to come back. Oh, thanks guys. I appreciate it. Yeah. Really appreciate it. So, well, thank you. So have a, have a great night. Get back to the, get back to the family there. And I said, thanks again. All right. You guys, I I love three beards. Um, I appreciate appreciate it. it. Good night to everybody listening. Hey, appreciate that very much. This episode is brought to you by, ourselves three beers podcast.com if you'd like to have your name right here you can just do that for the low low price no we would appreciate any sponsorship so you can go to patreon.com um you can support us you can support us there as well um that's where we have and i'm gonna we also um you can go to redbubble.com um forward slash three beards podcast um, that's where we can have our merchandise. You can also get to that through our website, threebeardspodcast.com. Go to the gear um, merchandise area, and that links you right with there. Um, I'm going to update the new, have the new design too with the uh, ginger porn stash in the center. So that way, since he doesn't have the beard anymore, so we got to have the ginger porn stash up there. So that's a that's a really that's a really cool cool look. I mean, if you look at the logo on the screen, you see where it's black above the beard. That's kind of what it looks like. If you just reverted the images and turned it to orange, that's kind of what it looks like. So we're rebroadcast every night uh, on Wednesday night on ERRT radio starting 11 PM ish um, courtesy of Ron over there. We really appreciate that. Just want to thank everybody for watching all those that have supported us through the stars and Facebook that really helps us as well um, that we appreciate anything on there. Patreon. Like I said, we do have a one, one beardo, Laura Lehman Porter, you know, thanks. Thank you again for that. We really appreciate that, but just everybody, you know, thank you for watching. So we're going to see you next week. Like I said, go support Alan B Smith and his documentary. Show him the love for that one, but everybody, thank you for watching. Good night now.